Hi everyone, you're listening to the Health and Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Alison Mitchell, a practicing naturopath, and you can find me on naturopathnsw.com.au. These podcasts will feature discussions on various health conditions, health tips, and nutrition from a naturopathic perspective. Sometimes it's just me, sometimes I'm interviewing guests. All the time, I hope to share with you information on health and wellbeing with the aim to empower and educate. Please remember that all information is general and not a specific recommendation that replaces consulting with a practitioner. Please talk to your healthcare practitioner before undertaking any changes to your treatment regime. Hey everyone, I've got a really interesting podcast lined up for you guys today. I'm talking about a herb, an ancient herb that has been in use for thousands and thousands of years. Findings in various archaeological sites state it's used back to the Stone Age and hair from Egyptian mummies was found to contain traces of this herb as well. It's intoxicating, healing and resourceful. It's used for recreational purposes, medicinal purposes and it's used to make textiles, paper, food and more. Medically it shows promise in a wide range of health concerns. In particular, chronic pain, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, fibromyalgia, inflammatory bowel disease, nausea and more. I'm talking about cannabis, marijuana, pot, weed, dope, Mary Jane, Google Smoke. There are numerous names, but they all refer to the one plant, cannabis sativa. As of November 2016, medical marijuana has been legalised here in Australia, and I anticipate that over the next few months, we'll begin to see more information spreading about this controversial herb. As a naturopath herbalist, marijuana is out of my realms of prescribing, despite its being a herb, but there will be some doctors and specialists that can prescribe it. Regardless, I still find it a fascinating topic, and so I've had the pleasure of interviewing an expert in medical marijuana from the States, Dr. Rachna Patel. I asked Dr. Patel all about medical marijuana, including what it can be used for, how to safely use it, and more. So let's get started. Thanks so much for joining us, Dr. Patel. Dr. Rajna Patel has been practicing in the area of medical marijuana since 2012. She step-by-step walks patients through how to use medical marijuana for their specific medical condition without getting high off it, without getting addicted to it, without building a tolerance to it, and without smoking it. She speaks from the experience of having treated thousands of patients and having read research study upon research study on marijuana. She completed her medical studies at Turo University College of Osteopathic Medicine and her undergraduate studies at Northwestern University. And you can learn more about the work she does at drrachnapatel.com. So that's D-R-R-A-C-H-N-A-P-A-T-E-L.com. Great. So I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're so welcome. So I think it's going to be such an exciting topic to see and this is such a growing area of research and of therapeutic goodness as well. So you've been doing this for such a long time and you've obviously learnt such a lot as well. Um, what, what are some of the things that you have had a lot of experience with with, with medical marijuana? Sure. So the three most common conditions that um, I have treated um, are chronic pain, anxiety and insomnia. Um, Now within the category of chronic pain, um, I I very commonly treat um, arthritis, uh, fibromyalgia, back pain. Um, A lot of it is due from degenerative disc disease, um, herniated discs, 
Um, so a wide variety of, of conditions of pain. Yeah, awesome. And I think that that's something that so many people do struggle with because the pain medications that are available for them have a lot of side effects and can quite yep. significantly affect their quality of life as well. So in terms of the pain conditions, is it something that they often would be using in addition to their conventional medication or is it something that they do instead of? So I've seen a couple of results. Um, a lot of it depends from patient to patient, okay? So in some patients, they will use the marijuana in conjunction with their prescription medications. That's one, one scenario. The second scenario is, is that once the patients start using the medical marijuana, I found that they are able to cut down on the dosage as well as the number of prescription medications that they were taking before. Um, and then the third scenario is is that the medical marijuana helps eliminate a lot of the prescription medications that um, that patients are on. And actually, that's a result that I was quite surprised by. Um, I was after you know having done the research, I was under the impression that medical marijuana would be you know another um, uh, uh, sort of tool in their arsenal for for pain management so I was completely taken aback when a lot of patients were coming in and saying that you know dr. Patel guess what I have weaned off of all my other medications and this is this is all that I'm using that's fascinating mm -hmm. why yeah. do you think that they would be able to wean off it like that um, you know I'm not certain um, we don't know enough as to why um, uh, what's going on in the body um, at the cellular level to um, de to determine why the marijuana is managing the pain so well? Um, but the fact of the matter is is that is that it is. So so that's yeah. great in and of itself. Yeah, I get that. And I think that I can relate to that as well, being a naturopath, like I use a lot of mm -hmm. herbal medicine. And there's so much of it we, we still don't completely understand. Yep. We just, we know that it does it and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but do you think that there is a bit of difficulty in actually getting further research in this field? Um, like, is there a lot of barriers to getting the, the research? In, specifically in the United States, um, there is um, because there are regulations that have um, deemed medical marijuana, um, uh, you know, an, an illicit substance, right? So um, you can't really do um, tons of research on it, not to the extent that we'd like to do research on it. Now, over the past couple of years, the, the government here has sort of loosened up um, their regulations and they have, you know, now um, uh, uh, put out a statement that they will uh, um, allow certain entities to grow marijuana for purposes of doing research. So um, a lot of it depends on, you know, on the country that you're in, what sort of regulations are in place um, that um, allow for or don't allow for this sort of research. So uh, you're, you're based in California? Yep, yeah. I'm based in California. Yeah. So are there many areas that um, don't allow medical marijuana at the moment? So it, um, within, so it, in the state of California, recently in November, um, medical marijuana or marijuana was legalized for recreational use. Okay. okay. Um, and there are now in the United States after these elections, about eight states that have legalized marijuana for recreational use. And about half of the states have legalized marijuana for medical use. So um, uh, within the state of California, um, it, it currently they haven't implemented the new laws yet. Uh, they'll go into place 2018 um, for recreational use. But currently, it is um, 
available to use for medical purposes throughout the state of California. Yeah. And do you see that changing at all with the recent election? Um, we'll have to see. (laughs) I think everybody within the industry of medical marijuana is a little bit up in arms. Um, so it is a more conservative administration that has come into power. So, um, so we will have to see what direction, um, things, things, uh, shape out to be. Yeah. You never know. He's a bit of a wild card, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so one of the areas that I've found to be really interesting as well with the the use of medical marijuana is in the treatment of cancer, um, Mm -hmm. particularly in children. So can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah. So actually I have a question for you. Um, uh, Specifically, so so are you referring to uh, the marijuana actually treating cancer or the marijuana treating side effects of chemotherapy, for instance, or both? Well, um, my understanding is that it's been used to actually negate the side effects, like the nausea, for instance, of chemotherapy, mm-hmm. but they are sure. finding that it can be used in conjunction as a, as a treatment. So um, they actually working via the immune system, via those um, endocannabinoid receptors um, in, in that sure. sense. So you obviously know way more about that than me. Yeah. So I will get you to explain more on that later. Um, but yeah, what what sort of research um, is out there in terms of the the, sure. the treatment itself? So let's let's address um, how marijuana affects um, side effects of chemotherapy first. Yeah. Um, I have found that it's very effective for side effects like nausea, for vomiting, um, for the poor appetite um, that a lot of these patients have as a result of the chemotherapy. Now, when it comes to marijuana. Um, uh, treating cancer. Um, I'm very cautious. Um, I don't ever make the claim that it actually cures cancer. Mm. Um, there's a couple of reasons for this. What we know based on research, um, and this is research that's been done in, in Petri dishes, in um, test tubes, and in mice mainly, okay? Based on that, we do know that it does have anti-cancer potential. Um, it does a couple of things. It, um, it reprograms the cell for what's called apoptosis, okay? So this is the mechanism by which a cell automatically dies. Now, a cancer cell forgets how to automatically die, and it, and it makes, you know, a bazillion copies of itself. Um, so that's one way. The second way is that it targets what's called angiogenesis. Okay, so angiogenesis is is basically the production of the blood supplies that supply the tumor. Okay, so if you target the blood supplies to the tumor, it's gonna it's gonna you know basically shrink the tumor because it no longer has um, a supply of nutrients and oxygen and whatnot. So that's the second way. The third way is that it prevents these cancer cells from migrating to other organs and then sticking to the other organs and then invading the other organs as well. Okay. But again, this is based on research done in petri dishes and test tubes and in mice. We have almost no research in humans. And sometimes what happens is that what we know based on the research done um, in petri dishes, in test tubes and in mice doesn't always translate over to humans, okay? Now, I have uh, had the opportunity to treat patients diagnosed with um, uh, cancer, a variety of cancers, and mainly they've come in um, to treat the side effects um, that they're experiencing from the radiation and the chemotherapy. Now, the thing is, is that none of the patients have come back to me saying that, hey, you know, the, the, the medical marijuana cured my cancer. So, 
so that's important to take um, into consideration, you know. Um, so I know on the internet there's there's lots of claims being made that oh you know marijuana cured my cancer, not always or, or not necessarily the case. Um, and a lot of these stories that you read online, you really have to kind of sift through a lot of other information um, to to really get to the to the root of it and ultimately answer the question. Well, was it really the marijuana that cured the cancer? You know, because um, there's could be a lot of other confounding factors that um, that factor into it as well. Yeah, and I think I think that's really wise. And um, you're not going to see many instances at all where they're taking it on its own or like without without yeah. the chemo. And so, how can you know which one did it? Yep, yep. But certainly, like if it's reducing the side effects and it has a potential to help, then like I think that's sort of ammo in the reason for using it. <laughs> Um, certainly. So I always tell my patients that um, uh, I, I haven't found any harm done in the long term. Granted, we don't have a lot of um, research on long-term use of marijuana, um, but just um, having had patients that have been using, you know, marijuana since the '60s, um, uh, uh, I haven't found any sort of common trends um, that um, th that point to. Um, uh, you know, sort of side effects or, or any other illnesses or conditions that are caused by the medical marijuana. So I always tell them that, look, um, I don't think it's a cure for cancer, but it, um, you can certainly use it in conjunction with, um, uh, you know, conventional therapy. Yeah, and that's, I think that's important to be specific in that recommendation mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, no, yeah. that's good. Um, so I was interested in what you were saying about the long-term side effects of it and that like a lot of people are concerned about the long-term use of just general marijuana in their cognitive abilities and their brain function. Yep. And mm -hmm. um, like is that going to be different in the medical marijuana compared to street marijuana? So, okay, so marijuana is marijuana, right? Um, uh, it, there are some downsides to buying marijuana off the streets, which I'll, which I'll get into. Yep. Um, yep. But ultimately, when it comes to the medical use of marijuana, um, what I'm specifically educating patients about um, is – uh, uh, you know, what what combination of chemicals do you want to use? There's a variety of different marijuana plants that make um, a whole bunch of different combination of chemicals, okay? Um, so certain combinations work better for certain conditions. So that's one thing. Second thing is, is dosing, okay? So with recreational use, a lot of what we see is people overdoing it, okay? To the point where you're now, you now have toxic levels of marijuana in your body and you're bound to get side effects from it. So what I'm teaching them is let's stay within that therapeutic window where it's helping your medical condition, but you're not getting any of the side effects from it. And then the third thing is, is that I teach them, okay, how often do you want to take this? Okay. Same thing. I think uh, um, with recreational use, there's a lot of over usage. I mean, you, you hear of people using it constantly through the day, you know, these, 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 stoners as they're called right <laughs> yeah um, yep. <laughs> and so um so what i'm teaching them is um you know it, you know with marijuana what's what's amazing is that um it's a fat soluble substance okay so it does get stored in the fat cells in your body so you don't have to take it every day um and and it'll still be effective on the days you're not taking it because you have those stores in your body 
Um, so, so that always sort of um, takes people by surprise that really I don't have to take it every day. And they kind of like it. You know, who wants, to be, who wants to have to take a medication on an everyday basis? Um, now, back to the, the marijuana that's found on the streets. You want to be cautious because um, uh, it's – so in the United States, um, I don't know how it's going to work out in Australia, but in the United States at the dispensaries that dispense marijuana, um, uh, in states where it's uh, been legalized for recreational use, um, a lot of the states are now mandating that the products get tested for pesticides and fungicides to make sure there aren't toxic levels of it. They're mandating them to test for fungus and bacteria, right, because you don't want get, to get sick from it. Um, uh, so those are sort of the advantages of um, purchasing um, marijuana in more of a controlled environment. You know that it's a better quality of product. The other thing to, to bear in mind is that marijuana off the streets um, can be laced with other substances. Um, I've had patients who have reported to me that, you know, they found marijuana that's been laced with ketamine, with PCP. So just something to be to be careful about. You're, you're, it, you're not, you don't know what sort of quality you're getting when you get it off the streets. You don't know what the combination of chemicals in there are. So it's not the best of scenarios to to be using it for medical purposes. Yeah, and I think I think that is something you do see a lot in that, like they are sort of stored in suspect locations because people are trying to yep. hide it and that sort yep. of thing. So they yeah they can get a bit yeah. mouldy or a bit a bit yeah. off. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and even the handling of it, you know, I mean, uh, say someone, I mean, if you handle it in a very unsanitary way it can get contaminated with like mm. salmonella and e coli you know you don't want you don't want to get sick from that especially if you're if you're in a state in a state where your immune system is compromised right so if you're yeah. a cancer patient if you are a patient that's on medications that um, um, uh, reduce your your ability to fight off infections and whatnot so um, I would be cautious off of, uh, of, of buying it off the streets definitely what what do you think about the often commonly said um, thing about marijuana is that it's a gateway drug um, you know, I think it's a myth. Um, the reason is, is because most of the patients that are coming into my office are like, I want to get off of all these other medications that I'm on. Um, so, um, I don't, you know what, they've done research on this and you know, what's really a gateway substance, alcohol, wow. um, more than, uh, marijuana. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, um, so, you know, that's what it says based on research, but I really truly do believe that it is a myth. Um, I don't, necessarily feel like it leads to um the use of other substances um yeah and from what i've seen as a particularly physician. as well if you are using it in a um controlled way like right. under the care exactly. of a physician who's sort of monitoring yeah. your dose and like getting it right for you whereas yeah it, and, and, just, and depending on the reason i guess for using it here's the here's the other thing from a scientific standpoint um, if you overdo marijuana, you do develop a tolerance to it. But but here's what happens. If you keep on overdoing it, be, um, it, it's almost like your body doesn't respond to it anymore, okay? And then and what a ends up happening is that you end up getting all the side effects from it that you don't want. So um, so, so that's kind of the, the other part of it too, that um, over time, if you keep on overdoing it, you're, it's almost like you're getting nothing out of it. Wow. So, yeah, you got to stick to your right dose then, hey? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Okay. 
Um, so what, what would be some of the side effects of medical marijuana and sure. like how would you actually work about um, negating that or avoiding so it? So common side effects, um, it really depends on the um, the the prevalence of the chemical that's in the plant. So say if it's prevalent in THC, okay, that, that's one of the chemicals that marijuana makes in higher concentrations. That's the one that everybody's familiar with. That's the one that causes, if you overdo it, it causes paranoia, anxiety, dizziness, heart racing. Um, it causes the munchies, you know, it stimulates your appetite. Um, so those are some of the common um, uh, side effects if you overdo it. Now, there's another chemical called CBD, okay? And that's another chemical that marijuana makes in higher concentrations. And what I've seen from that, if you overdo it, is that you'll just, you'll you'll get somnolence. You'll just, you'll, you'll fall asleep. You may, you'll stay asleep. Typically, I found not more than about you know, uh, nine hours. So what, what a person would normally sleep. It's not like you're sleeping for days at a time. So that's sort of the worst, uh, mild side effects. Now the THC, if you really, really overdo it, you do go get into the realm of, uh, the sensation of numbness and tingling in your hands and feet, um, hallucinations. Okay. Um, you can, you can feel, um, nauseous. You can end up vomiting um, if you really, really overdo it. So a lot of it depends on how much you're putting into your body. So in the amount that people would be using to negate um, the pain or the side effects mm -hmm. of chemo, like would they actually be getting that sensation of feeling high? No. No, that's, a, I always tell my patients that if you're getting into the realm of getting side effects, you're taking too much, you need to cut back on the dose. Okay. Um, okay. Because within that therapeutic window, there's like a, a upper end of the dose and a lower end of the dose. And my goal is, is to stay as close to the lower end as possible so that we don't get close to getting, um, uh, um, ad, you know, th these, these adverse effects. Yep. Fair enough. Um, have you... Or is it true that chewing on some peppercorns can actually help to mitigate paranoia? You know, I'm not certain about that. Um, I I don't know if there's any research to back that up. Um, <laughs> I have heard of it from like an anecdotal um, uh, standpoint, but um, I don't know about it in terms of uh, of a from a research standpoint. So right, I don't really yeah. have an answer to that question. <laughs> So I I was looking um, into some of the other substances that are out there that actually contain um, cabinomimetics. Is that the right word? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so one of the herbs that I use a lot is echinacea and yep. that actually works on the CB2 receptors. Mm -hmm. um, and so that um, does a lot of work on anxiety and immune system mm -hmm. um, work via that, um, among other things. But yeah. I was seeing that um, pepper contains um, a particular type of terpene, um, beta carolophylline yep and yeah. so that actually works on that cb2 receptor as well but yeah um i don't know the mechanism of how it would actually if, uh, affect the side of like to take it alongside of mar marijuana or like would it block the receptors so that the marijuana can't get in there or like do you understand that at all um so you know i'm not certain but there, there's a couple things that can happen one is is that it could actually directly block the receptor okay um, it can act as an antagonist 
Two is, is that it can accelerate the breakdown of THC, okay? Um, there's uh, an enzyme called FAAH, which breaks down THC, okay? So if you affect that in, in some way, that can accelerate the breakdown of it. Um, or the third mechanism is, is that it can um, uh, increase the resorption, um, you know, from from being in the bloodstream, it goes back into the cell. So those are the, like, basic biochemical pathways by which it can work. Um, again, I, I, I don't know um, much in the way of research on this. So, but those are some of the possible mechanisms. Yeah, no, that, I think it would be interesting to see that though. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. But there's so much more research that does need to be done on the, um, medical marijuana as yeah. a whole before we start going into the nitty gritty side of things, I'm guessing. So what are some other, what are the, the actual ways that people would be taking the, mar the marijuana, um, like are they smoking it or are they using the oil? What are they doing? Sure. So there's a wide variety of ways to use marijuana. Typically, I um, uh, advise my patients against smoking it because in the long term, it does do damage to the lungs. Um, there is a method called vaporization. Um, that's another method of inhalation. And essentially what it is is that it's a, it, you use a device called a vaporizer or it's called a vape pen. Um, and there's some form of marijuana in there. And what it does is that rather than burning what's in there, it heats what's in there. <coughs> so it's almost like... Um, I equate it to like a, dif a diffuser that you would use with um, uh, essential oils. So, um, uh, you know, you're getting the chemicals um, that are evaporating um, off the plant. Um, mm. Not now. There's there's different types of things that you can you can vaporize. Um, you can obviously vaporize the flower, but then there's concentrates that you can vaporize as well. Those are not always good for you because a lot of times they're extracted in chemicals like butane. Okay, so that's something to be careful about. Um, another method is ingestion. Okay, so um, it can it, typically it comes in the form of chocolates or gummies. Um, a third method is tinctures, which are drops that you put under the tongue. Um, another method is um, topicals. So you just apply it to the affected area on the skin, okay? Uh, and then there's also vaginal formulations of marijuana. There are also rectal formulations of marijuana, which I don't um, recommend as much, but, you know, there's always cases where um, those uh, are more helpful than the other uh, methods of administration. Well, wow, so I didn't know that you could do it so many different ways. Yep. Uh, yeah. All I've yeah. ever heard about was smoking and brownies. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, I think vaping is actually becoming pretty popular here in Australia. You see people moving towards that rather than just smoking like normal cigarettes. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're thinking that it's a, a healthier option. Right. Um. So with the, the rectal suppositories, like would that be more for specific conditions like ulcerative colitis or like bowel inflammation? Um, yeah, so I, I tend to recommend it in conditions where it's, it's that, you know, the rectal or the anal area that is affected um, by whatever condition that the, that the patient has. Um, it, uh, you know, compared to the oral tract, you know, going through the mouth, um, obviously things are absorbed better that way than they are rectally because the rectum's not really, um, uh, meant to absorb as much as, um, as the upper, uh, end of the, of the gastrointestinal tract. So, um, that's mainly, um, what I have, um, uh, recommended it for, but, um, we've yet to see if there are other uses for it. Mm. 
Um, it, in terms of the the pain side of things as well, one of the things like in terms of how it works, like you, were, I think you were writing about this somewhere, is that it has an anti-inflammatory effect. Yeah, it does. Yep, yeah. it has an anti-inflammatory effect. Now, um, it works in a couple ways. Okay, so. Um, at the level, at the biochemical level. So one is is that um, it it impacts um, the production of what are called cytokines. Okay, cytokines are what sort of these are the chemicals that com they they are the communicate they they send out signals from one cell to the other to sort of um, stimulate inf inflammation. Okay, and marijuana moderates that those chemicals. The second way is that it um, moderates what are called T regulatory cells. Okay, and these are cells that um, are kind of in our system to ensure that your body doesn't attack your own body. Um, uh, you know, so you don't end up getting an autoimmune condition. Um, so those are some of the ways. And again, this is research based in in mainly mice um, that we know this. Um, but those are some of the ways that that marijuana acts as an anti-inflammatory. Now, the important thing to know is that. It, like if you have an autoimmune condition, um, I, I, having treated patients with autoimmune conditions, um, I found that it doesn't necessarily get to the root of the problem. Um, it's not affecting the antibodies that are that are attacking your body. Um, what it does is that it um, it really it, it's helping to reduce inflammation that's going on in the body, um, so that you know there's there's um, less of a severity of the symptoms that you're experiencing. Um, the interesting thing is, is that I had a patient come in to me the other day. Um, she has a history of ulcerative colitis. And she, from the point that she, um, she had her inflammatory markers um, uh, tested before using the marijuana. And then she used it for, she used the marijuana for four months and then got her inflammatory markers tested. And she was telling me that her inflammatory markers um, have were the lowest that, that she's ever seen in years. So, you know, that's a more objective way. I mean, granted, it's just one patient. Um, what I'd like to see is that this sort of research being done in, a, you know, a good number, solid number of patients. But, um, uh, you know, that that's showing you objectively that um, it does um, reduce inflammation in the body. That's amazing. <laughs> I think that in, yeah. inflammation has such a big role in so many different conditions. And so being able to have that effect in like a safe way with minimal side effects is going to be so important for so many people. And what I find is that with so many chronic conditions, there's an inflammatory aspect to it. Um, but the body just has such a hard time actually like shutting off inflammation in the end. Um, yeah. So like there's this whole chain of events that go on and then w what doesn't happen is that it just can't be switched off. So you get this chronic inflammation going on and on and on and on. And yeah. so that um, all these autoimmune conditions but also things like depression as well is strongly linked with inflammation. So yeah. um, it's it's helpful for depression too, isn't it? You know, for depression, um, I found that it, I found that the pharmaceutical medications um, actually um, are more helpful than marijuana um, in the case of depression. Now, for anxiety, um, it's definitely um, I found to be a lot more beneficial than pharmaceutical medications, but not necessarily for depression. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, especially severe cases of depression, um, uh, I haven't found it to be helpful. Now, if it's mild. 
depression, um, uh, then yes, but definitely not in severe cases. Okay. Um, and is there anything else that you wouldn't really recommend it for? Sure. Yeah. Um, a, a couple different conditions. Um, so if you have any sort of underlying heart condition, um, because, um, the THC, um, in marijuana can increase your heart rate potentially. Um, so you don't want to exacerbate any sort of underlying, um, heart condition that you may have. Um, obviously if you have like any lung conditions like asthma, COPD, um, the, Smoking marijuana can exacerbate those conditions. Um, in patients that have had histories of psychotic episodes, um, they, uh, if they use excessive amounts of marijuana, um, it it can um, exacerbate. It can induce psychotic episodes because, like I mentioned, one of the things that marijuana can do is it can cause hallucinations. Um, third uh, case of patients are those that are pregnant or breastfeeding. Now, the jury's sort of out. Um, when it comes to the effect that marijuana has on a growing baby. But um, there is some research that points in the direction that marijuana can cause um, low birth weight and also preterm labor and delivery as well. Um, so um, uh, uh, those are the main groups that I'm cautious in uh, recommending um, uh, medical marijuana to. Yeah, that's great. And they all make a lot of sense too when you think about yeah. how it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, has there been anything else that you've sort of learnt about or um, discovered in your experiences that's really surprised you or given you a big revelation um, about medical marijuana? You know, overall, here's what I would say. Now, my background is in emergency medicine and a lot of what um, – uh, we ended up prescribing for for pain conditions um, were opioids. Um, and in comparison to opioids, I think medical marijuana is a much better um, option for pain management. Um, it doesn't carry as much of a risk as the opioids do. Um, and, you know, as an ER doctor, I was in the position of resuscitating patients that had overdosed on opioids. So, and and we also had cases that that came in where of overdoses of marijuana, um, much much different method of of treatment. Um, a lot of times it was just, um, I mean, quite frankly, what we did was you know we gave them a warm blanket, we turned the lights off, we gave them some water. Um, if their heart wasn't racing, if their heart was racing, we'd give them some IV fluids. A couple hours later, we'd check up on them, and that was it. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know that's, that's very the, gentle. The vast, yeah, the vast difference in 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 handling cases of opioid overdoses versus you know quote unquote marijuana overdoses. So um, I don't know. I I think I think it's something that once the world starts to accept it more and more, um, I think it's going to be very mainstream um, in managing chronic pain. Yeah, I can see that happening too. Yeah. But do, do you think that at the moment there are still quite a lot of doctors that do feel uncomfortable about prescribing medical marijuana? Definitely. Um, <laughs> so a lot of what's what's stopping them is one is a legality of it, right? They're in specifically in the United States, um, the federal government has deemed it an illegal substance, and so um, a lot of physicians are still fearful of like losing losing their licenses. Um, uh, by recommending medical marijuana, 
that's one. Um, second thing is is the research. Obviously, we do need um, tons and tons of more research to make um, definitive conclusions about marijuana. Um, and the third thing is is that you know, for a lot of physicians, especially like um, pain management physicians, it's almost like a threat to their practice, you know, because here wow. they are. <laughs> Here they are, you know, recommending opioids, and then if that doesn't work, they do, you know, uh, cortisone injections, and then if that doesn't work, they do like um, uh, nerve blocks, you know. And so, it's almost you, like they'd be like, "Come in, have this. See you later." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so a lot of different factors, political, economic, um, uh, medical, that that are sort of playing into that sort of resistance to to treating patients with medical marijuana. Yeah, there's a lot to it. Well, I think it'll be a very interesting journey to witness it all happening. And um, yeah. I, I hopefully in Australia, it'll be a fairly smooth process. But I think it's going to be a fairly good while for the regulatory system to be set up. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it, do, you, do you have any further information as to as to what steps are going to be taken? Or is it all sort of up in the air right now? At the moment, just in this last month, the Therapeutic Goods Association has, um, they made the decision that, yes, medical marijuana will become legal. Mm -hmm. um, but up, up until that point, like from there on, I don't know. I think it's just okay. um, how, are they, how are the logistics going to be, like who can prescribe it and um, for what reason it's going to be very very strict so yeah um i don't think it'll take any less than a year i think it'll be much more than that before you see things starting to happen and yeah. um it might be also yeah different states um let's see what i from what i read in uh november of 2016 it was passed in western australia and new south wales and then in queensland um it I guess, I don't know, it says March 2017 is when um, uh, some sort of specialist will be able to prescribe. Ah, oh, there you go. So yeah. sa same in Victoria. It says two th early 2017. Um, uh, so, yeah, it seems like it's, there's still, it seems like they're still sort of working on, obviously it was very recent that it was all mm. passed. So it may it'll, it may take a while before it's it's a system is in place, um, but uh, yeah, I'd love to to um, stay up to date on it as to um, how another country is implementing medical marijuana. Mm -hmm. um, what was the first country that started implementing it? Um, first country for medical reasons. Mm. Um, was it Canada? You know, I'm not certain. I know California was the first state in the United States that um, implemented it back in 1996. Um, uh, thereafter, I believe Uruguay has passed it. It may be for recreational purposes, not even medical. Um, so I am actually not certain who the first country was um, or which wh what the first country was to, to implement medical marijuana. Um, but we're definitely seeing sort of a snowball effect um, going on around the world um, uh, with medical marijuana. The other thing I've I found is that I'm fortunate to be in California because California has been fairly 
um, lacks with its um, with the physician's ability to recommend uh, marijuana for I can pretty much recommend marijuana for at my discretion for for any condition. Um, whereas in other states in the United States, um, they're more limited. They have only a certain set of medical conditions that they can recommend marijuana for. Um, and it seems like that's the ca- that's what the case is going to be in Australia as well. Um, yeah. uh, certain certain territories have uh, a, a specific list of conditions that um, that the marijuana can be prescribed for. Um, and you know, honestly, I think that's unfortunate because um, some conditions of chronic pain are are typically on that list, like multiple sclerosis, for instance. But I mean, I've seen it help um, even conditions like back pain, you know, and usually anxiety and insomnia are never make the list um, uh, when there is a restrictive list. Um, and again, that's unfortunate as well, because those are definitely two conditions that um, I think the, the marijuana works way better than anything mm-hmm. over the counter or anything prescription. Yeah, definitely. What about in the treatment of, uh, or in the support of people with AIDS? Um, well, it, it helps in terms of like a lot of the um, antiviral medications that they take um, suppresses appetite. Um, so it helps with appetite stimulation, helps with any sort of nausea or vomiting that these medications cause. Um, I haven't seen, you know, in the patients that I've treated with HIV AIDS, I haven't seen much in the way otherwise of, um, you know, any sort of, I haven't seen any sort of impact on the immune system itself overall. Mm. Um, but, um, uh, certainly yeah. negating like the, the issues that they get yeah. from the medications the si- yeah. and yeah, right. The side effects of the medications. Um, and, um, uh, that's mainly, mainly about what I've seen. Yep. Well, I think that it's got a lot of benefits. <laughs> yeah. A yeah, lot of potential. potential. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to discuss? Um, no, I think I think we pretty much covered it. We sort of covered the good, bad, and the ugly. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, pretty thorough discussion about medical marijuana. Yeah, well, I I feel so privileged to have you on, particularly because oh, yeah, we're we're here now at the the starting point of our medical marijuana journey in Australia, and because uh, we're reco- re- recording this in November, where it has just become yeah. legal. So um, we'll see how how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you. Do you guys celebrate Thanksgiving in Australia? Or is there a form of Thanksgiving? Not really. I don't. No. Okay. Um, there's, not, <laughs> there's some people that do. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't. And um, it's just any other day for me. Okay. <laughs> um, but Christmas, definitely. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. My, right. um, my little boy is one now and he's um, just starting to – um, oh, he's he's probably still not quite old enough to appreciate Christmas, but he'll yeah. be getting presents and he can unwrap them and play with them, and so that'll be really I'm, fun. <laughs> I'm sure he'll appreciate those, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. So if people want to, they want they really liked what you had to say and they want to know more, how, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Um, so a couple things. Um, I do have a YouTube channel where I, I put up videos on commonly asked conditions um, uh, or commonly asked questions and then common uh, uh, conditions that I treat. And I also put up information on conditions that I found that marijuana doesn't work for. So you can check out the YouTube channel. I'll send you a link. 
Um, on my Facebook page on Wednesdays, I do an Ask Me Anything. Um, so your 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 audience is more than welcome to reach out and ask me any questions that they have, and I'd be more than happy to answer them. Awesome. So yeah. I'll put I'll put the links for those in the description in the podcast. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. I hope that you, you have too. a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I'll um, hopefully stay in contact with you. Yep, right. Yeah, that would be great. Happy holidays. Bye. <laughs> Bye.